You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project Podcast. Mike here. We're reading the Bible as a conversation so that we can find our next best guess in our conversation, our relationship with God. We're here at the end of the book of Exodus, thinking back at all that we've read and seen of God's people up to this point here in this book. And it started with them in slavery, and God enacted a whole big epic plan to free them from slavery. And to be honest, the relationship between God and his people has been kind of rocky since they left slavery in Egypt. I mean, they rejoiced as they left Egypt. That makes sense. But then they complained when they got to the dead end of the Red Sea. And they rejoiced when they crossed the Red Sea. God provided them a way through. But then they complained when they quickly ran out of food and water on the other side. They rejoiced when God provided food and water. But then they complained when God and Moses were busy talking on the mountain for 40 days. And in fact, then they didn't just complain. They completely turned to worshiping other gods. God threatened to wipe them out. But Moses interceded for them. It's a good uh, Jesus metaphor there. So God threatened not to accompany them to the promised land. But Moses said, well, what good is it to go where God isn't leading? We don't want to go ahead of you. We just want to follow you. And so on the surface, it looks like God is moody and temperamental here in kind of like the last half of this book. But what's actually going on is God is teaching us the kind of heart we need to have if we're going to not just survive the wilderness, but thrive in our relationship with him through the wilderness seasons of our own life. We need to have a heart that is faithful, it's repentant, and wants to follow rather than lead. Our wilderness to-do list continues in this episode. It's time for God's people to do the things he asked them to do. And a large portion of these chapters are repetitive from earlier in the book when God gave instructions. So in these portions, when we get to them today, I'm going to move quickly over the repetition and kind of summarize what's happening. But we've got things to learn even in this repetition. So let's check out Exodus 35 through 40. Moses assembled all the congregation of the children of Israel and said to them, These are the words which Yahweh has commanded, that you should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of solemn rest to Yahweh. Whoever does any work in it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your inhabitations on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is a thing which Yahweh commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to Yahweh. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as Yahweh's offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram's skins dyed red, sea cow hides, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. 
Let every wise-hearted man among you come and make all that Yahweh has commanded, the tabernacle, its outer covering, its roof, its clasps, its boards, its bars, its pillars, and its sockets, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat, the veil of the screen, the table with its poles and all its vessels, and the showbread, the lampstand also for the light with its vessels, its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the sweet incense, the screen for the door, at the door of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with its grating of bronze, its poles and all its vessels, the basin and its base, the hangings of the court, its pillars, their sockets and the screen for the gate of the court, the pins of the tabernacle, the pins of the court and their cords, the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. All the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and brought Yahweh's offering for the work of the tent of meeting, and for all its surface, and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, and armlets, all jewels of gold, even every man who offered an offering of gold to Yahweh. Everyone with whom was found blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, and sea cow hides brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver and bronze brought Yahweh's offering, and everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were wise-hearted spun with their hands and brought that which they had spun, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, and the fine linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun the goat's hairs. The rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, with the spice and the oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to Yahweh, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all the work which Yahweh had commanded to be made by Moses. Moses said to the children of Israel, Behold, Yahweh has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. He's filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of workmanship, and to make skillful works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of skillful workmanship. He has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Holiab, the son of Asimach, of the tribe of Dan. He's filled them with the wisdom of heart to work all kinds of workmanship, of the engraver, of the skillful workman, and of the embroiderer in blue and purple, in scarlet and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of those who do any workmanship, and of those who make skillful works. Bezalel and Aholiab shall work with every wise-hearted man in whom Yahweh has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all the work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that Yahweh has commanded. Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whose heart Yahweh had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to the work to do it. They received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary with which to make it. They kept bringing free will offerings to him every morning. All the wise men who performed all the work of the sanctuary, each came from his work which he did. They spoke to Moses, saying, The people have brought much more than enough for the service of the work which Yahweh commanded to make. Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make anything else for the offering of the sanctuary. 
so the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient to do all the work and too much. All the wise-hearted men among those who did the work made the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen, blue, purple, and scarlet. They made them with the cherubim, the work of a skillful workman. And I'm going to break from the story here for a minute to say, from here on out, we have the account of all that Bezalel and Aholiab and the wise-hearted men did to create all of the things that God had instructed just a few chapters earlier. I decided I'd like to spare you from rehearing all of the details that God laid out and now their execution of it, but I did not want us to miss the fact that they are executing everything to the finest detail exactly word for word as God prescribed. That's so important for us to just do the work that God did as he described doing it, right? And also, we got to remember just how detailed God is. God cares about the details. He cares about everything down to the inch. He cares about quantities. He cares about weights and measures. Everything specifically, he's designed this entire blueprint, not just for the tabernacle, but for a work that he's put on your heart to do. And so it's our responsibility to do it to a T, right? Not perfection for our own perfectionist's sake, but excellence because that's what God has required and that's how God works. God cares about the details, so we should too. So as I continue to read through this, I'm going to skip the numbering of everything and the counting of everything and all the measurements and every single piece of the tabernacle here. It is the exact same thing as what God had described earlier. So I'm going to hit the highlights of it to get a sense of the completion of the work. But let's not forget that God is a God of details. And so we need to be people of God who also care about the details and we act in obedience according to what God has laid out in our life. All the wise-hearted men among those who did the work made the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen, blue, purple, and scarlet. They made them with cherubim, the work of a skillful workman. He made curtains of goat's hair for a covering over the tabernacle. He made them eleven curtains. He made the boards for the tabernacle of acacia wood standing up. He made bars of acacia wood. He made the veil of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen with cherubim. He made it the work of a skillful workman. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. He made a mercy seat of pure gold. Its length was two and a half cubits and a cubit and a half its width. He made two cherubim of gold. He made the table of acacia wood. He made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. He made the basin of bronze and its base of bronze out of the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered at the door of the tent of meeting. He made the court. He made the ephod of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. He made the breastplate the work of a skillful workman, like the work of the ephod of gold, of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. They bound the breastplate by its rings to the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue that it might be on the skillfully woven band of the ephod, and that the breastplate might not come loose from the ephod as Yahweh commanded Moses. He made the robe of the ephod of woven work, all of blue. They made the tunics of fine linen of woven work for Aaron and for his sons. They made the plate of the holy crown of pure gold and wrote on it an inscription like the engravings of a signet, 
holy to Yahweh. They tied to it a lace of blue to fasten it on the turban above, as Yahweh commanded Moses. Thus, all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished. The children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses, so they did. They brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent with all its furniture, its clasps, its boards, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, the covering of ram skins dyed red, the covering of sea cow hides, the veil of the screen, the Ark of the Covenant with its poles, the mercy seat, the table, all its vessels, the showbread, the pure lampstands, its lamps, even the lamps to be set in order, all its vessels, the oil for the light, the golden altar, the anointing oil, the sweet incense, the screen for the door of the tent, the bronze altar, its grating of bronze, its poles, all its vessels, the basin and its base, the hangings of the court, its pillars, its sockets, the screen for the gates of the court, its cords, its pins, all the instruments of the service of the tabernacle for the tent of meeting, the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. So all the children of Israel did all the work. Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it as Yahweh had commanded. They had done so, and Moses blessed them. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the month you shall raise up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall put the Ark of the Covenant in it, and you shall screen the Ark with a veil. You shall bring in the table, and set in the order the things that are in it. You shall bring in the lampstand, and light the lamps. You shall set the golden altar for incense before the Ark of the Covenant, and put the screen of the door to the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall set the basin between the tent of the meeting and the altar and shall put water therein. You shall set up the court around it, and hang up the screen of the gate of the court. You shall take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle and all that's in it, and shall make it holy, and all its furniture, and it will be holy. You shall anoint the altar of burnt offering with all its vessels, and sanctify the altar, and the altar will be most holy. You shall anoint the basin and its base to sanctify it. You shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tent of meeting, and shall wash them with water. You shall put on Aaron the holy garments, and you shall anoint him and sanctify him, that he may minister to me in the priest's office. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them. You shall anoint them, as you shall anoint their father, that they may minister to me in the priest's office. Their anointing shall be to them for an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Moses did so, according to all that Yahweh commanded him, so he did. The next passage here describes Moses doing exactly that. He put everything in the order exactly as God prescribed it, organizing the entire layout of the tabernacle, just as God described for how people would interact with God. This precision here, this this attention to detail and doing things exactly how God prescribed is how they and how we can show our reverence to God. God gets to dictate how people approach him. And so we want to honor that. Now, fortunately, we know the end of the story here. We don't have to go through all of this process to access God. Jesus does that himself. We get to go through Jesus to be able to access God, and and Jesus bridges that gap. All of this is to foreshadow the need for Jesus. 
Until that time, they have to go through all of these regulations and and interact with God through the terms he laid out in the law. Praise God, we're not subject to the law anymore, but maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's wrap this up and see how this book of Exodus and this relationship between God and his people finish up here in this book. Verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. Moses wasn't able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud stayed on it, and Yahweh's glory filled the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward throughout all their journeys. But if the cloud wasn't taken up, then they didn't travel until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of Yahweh was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And that is the end of the book of Exodus. We titled this episode, Our Wilderness To-Do List, Part 2. We talked about last episode some of the things that we're responsible for in our wilderness seasons. To to repent, to be faithful when we wait, and to intercede and advocate for others, prayerfully approach God and seek his face. What we learned today is A, a spirit of generosity, and it's very difficult to be generous in a wilderness season, isn't it? It's difficult to give more when we feel like we need to hang on to what we have. Whether you've lost a job or took a pay cut or you're a gig-based worker and the gigs are few and far between, it's easy to feel like you're in this wilderness season financially where you may have taken a pay cut, you may have lost your job, you may be a gig-based worker and the gigs are few and far between. In this time here, between the time where you used to have consistency, if not abundance, at least it was consistent, and some future where you hope to have more than you have now, remember to be generous. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very difficult. But keep giving to the work of God. Not that we're putting God on the spot, not in a religious way, but coming from a place, coming from a heart that says, God, I trust you more than I trust these resources to provide for me. I'm sure the people of Israel here in the wilderness had plenty of reason to hang on to all of these valuable things. It gives them trading power and, and bartering power with between each other and between them and the people that they'd be interacting with in the future to be able to set up a life for themselves in the promised land. But God called them to bring of their heart, and they were stirred by the Holy Spirit to bring these things to God out of their heart of trusting him and maybe even a little bit of repentance for their unfaithfulness earlier, wanting to give back to him and say, I trust you. Is that our heart when we're in the wilderness season is a heart of generosity? It's opposite of what we feel like doing, holding on to what we have, but it can really free us up to be able to see God work in amazing ways. That was one thing we learned, this heart of generosity on our to-do list. The other thing is this, and we did touch on this in the middle of the passage, but this idea of doing what God said, it's obedience. And obedience involves action, not just agreeing, but action to actually do the work. And it requires 
us to have an attention to detail, to care about what God cares about, to go about it with reverence, to go about it with excellence, which is doing the best we can with what we have. If we can carry these mindsets with us through the wilderness seasons, then the wilderness season does not have to be a dry, empty, desolate time where we are worried about what's happening next. But it can be a time where we can allow God to do the heart surgery that we need to draw us closer to himself so that we can be stronger, closer to him in his strength as we enter the next phase of what he has for our life. You don't have to go about this work alone. If you feel like God has put some project on your heart to do, or if you feel like you're in a wilderness season where you're in between what used to make sense and what you feel like God actually has called you to, but you're in neither place right now, I would encourage you to go check out thegrovecreative.com. The Grove is a, a coaching community that my wife and I work with Christians from all over our country to help them do what God put on their heart to do with excellence, with the work of a skilled workman. Remember, I love that phrase that Moses used to keep describing what Bezalel was doing and how he was working. If you want to work to do what God has put on your heart to do and you feel alone, you don't have to feel that way. I would love to chat with you. Check out thegrovecreative.com and see if this Grove community might be a place for you to be able to have a safe, biblical-based place to grow and do your work. We'd love to chat with you there. And until then, I'd love to see you in the next episode of the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Our friends are not out of the wilderness yet. We have more things to learn from the wilderness journey on the way to the promised land. We're going to continue this in the next episode of the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.